How can we as entrepreneurs create and grow an online business that generates consistent income so we can live a comfortable lifestyle without working crazy hours? This podcast is designed to answer that question. I'm your host, Haley Burkhead. Thank you for tuning in and let's go ahead and dive into today's episode. Hello, Angela. Welcome to the CEO Vibes podcast. Hello. Thanks for having me. Yes, I'm so pumped, and I was just telling you, if you're a Profit Planner Lounge member, you know, if you've asked me a Pinterest question, and you're a web designer and graphic designer, I tip, my answer is typically, have you seen Saffron Avenue's pins? Do what she does, (laughs) because you have such an amazing Pinterest presence, but also just social media presence in general, the way you interact with your audience, and what I've loved, because I mean, I followed you for years, and I... Yeah, I followed you for so long, and I've loved seeing how you have an amazing custom product, but you've turned it into a semi-passive product. So, so pumped to dive into that. But before we do, would you mind telling, if if you have not met met Angela from Saffron Avenue, would you mind talking a little bit about yourself? Sure. Um, Well, I am, for those who don't know, brand stylist, website designer, calligrapher, um, shop owner, creative at heart. I think I always say that because I create just about everything um, by hand and with my heart, which is, I mean, exciting for me. It takes a little bit more work, of course, but um, I tend to be very honest too. And some people probably see that in some of my Instagram videos, stuff like that. And yeah, so I just try to create a lot of brands, websites for creative entrepreneurs. So planners, photographers, I had a personal chef, all that fun stuff. So yeah. That's amazing. (laughs) Yes. I do a lot. Let's just be honest. I do a lot. (laughs) You are a typical creative entrepreneur. Your Mm -hmm. calligraphy. Oh my gosh. It just, it's so, it's so perfect. Thank you. I love like a hobby. (laughs) I don't, that's not, I don't call that part of my business too much. It's more of a hobby in my opinion. And that's the best, like to make money from something that it just, it seems like a hobby and it's, you know, not. No, it doesn't make that much money. I'll be honest. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I call it a hobby because it doesn't, there's no pressure for me to mm. make it an income. Yeah. So it's kind of thing I just do for fun. I decompress with it. And if it brings in some money, great. But if it doesn't, it doesn't. Do you feel like if it did bring in more money that it would feel less fun to you? Probably. I yeah. think there was just more pressure to it. Um, I just believe so much that people need to do things in life that they're curious about and don't mm-hmm. put the pressure on yourself that it has to make money. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what we tend to do is we find something we like to do and we, we want to figure out how to make money out of it. Yes. And I don't think that necessarily has to be every single thing. <laughs> Cause if that was the case, I would be an interior designer and like all these other 10,000 things that right. I'm passionate about. Yeah. Well, you can come to my house and help me with interior design. I won't charge you. I'll let you have no, it be a hobby. Know, <laughs> I don't know if I'm good at it. <laughs> Probably Thank better you. than me. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. I, I love that. I've never even thought about that before, but yeah, as entrepreneurs, we tend to want to make everything a business. So I love that you're so good at it, but you know, you understand not everything has to be a business. Mm-hmm. So moving to how you turned this amazing service that you've had into a semi-passive product, I know right now we have a lot of listeners that are photographers and web designers and graphic designers and coaches and these amazing service-based businesses that it's draining. 
Like clients yeah. just tend, they don't know what the word boundary means. Mm-hmm. They don't appreciate everything that you do. You go above and beyond. And it's a little bit emotionally draining. You feel like you're working really hard and not seeing results if you're not setting the boundaries in place. And so I know a lot of my audience is looking for turning that service that they have and do something that is semi-passive because they love working with clients, but mm-hmm. they want they don't want it to be just all on them. So could you yeah. tell me a little bit about the transition you had from your service into creating your current semi-passive product that you have? Yeah. So I think I need to preface all of this um, in my business by saying I started out wanting to be a wedding planner, found graphic design to be like the, my passion, basically. Like I love logos. I love teaching myself calligraphy. I love teaching myself web design, like in development. Like I love that aspect of it. So I took that route and I was like, that's it. I'm a brand designer. Um, and as you know, I evolved into calligraphy and then other things. And then I actually started an online shop where I sold products. So I actually had tangible products I was selling out of my house, which I think is fine. It's totally great with that. But then you kind of, I think, realize over time, I'm sure so many of us have done this, that like you do certain things that you feel like make sense in your business, but at the core of yourself and your heart, like you're just like, nah, this isn't, this isn't who I am necessarily. Like this doesn't make me happy. And I just want people to know, like, before I even dive into what I do now, that I went through that process of not liking things I went for, if that makes sense. So I had this little online shop where I sold mugs and random, you know, notepads, stuff like that. Realized it wasn't for me. I then transitioned to be wanting to be a lifestyle blogger. So I would get affiliates. I would get payments that way to realize I, sorry, I'm not going to swear, but I do not like getting my photo taken. And I was like, why would I be a fashion blogger? Like, yeah, the $500 in clothes every month was great, but it's just not making, it doesn't make sense for me. So then I was like, after now six and a half, seven years into my business, I'm like, I need to go back to what I love. I love working with clients still. I love designing websites, creative brands, like doing the whole package for people, but I can only take on, I usually only take on like 10 clients a year and I wanted to do it more. And that's where I'm like, I kind of stepped back and was like, I still love design. What can I do? And that's where I'm like, I always have wanted to create website templates and stuff like that for, for people just because I want to have separate avenue touch on more people's lives and businesses without me having to custom do it all. So that's, it took me about, I'm going into my eighth year now, I think this year. And it took me about, you know, seven years to actually make that step into something that truly I love doing that. I love doing besides working with clients. So that was, that's what brought to me to my shop and where I sell like all those templates. And I have like some calligraphy, like procreate brushes in there and stuff like that. But I just want to build that up to be able to offer I guess my touch of creativity into more creative businesses. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Could, could you tell me what all of your semi-passive products are? I know you said website templates, which is awesome. And I know you have your brand bar. No, I had a brand bar. Well, had a brand bar with someone with someone and I'm talking about doing it on my, on my shop soon at some point. I'm exciting. I might introduce doing brands like semi-custom brands again, um, just to kind of help the process because I really do like if anyone's gone to my shop, like I literally want to, I get really excited about it, but I really want someone to go there and have this like full experience as if they're hiring a designer 
but then pay like half or whatever, a very small portion of the price. So I have the, this whole custom process that I feel is like all, like I want to cover all the stages from, you know, finding your brand style to hopefully creating a course with us someday to then website planning, to then buying a website template, to then teaching how to customize it, to then showing you how to use, you know, stationary templates and social media templates that match it and creating this like cohesive system that you don't have to drop 11, 12K on necessarily. Yeah. yeah. And of course now my new launch kit. So like I want to start all the way from the beginning to the end and help more people out with all that. I love that. So it's like a start to finish semi-passive product scheme yeah. for like everything. So you have that's website templates, you mm-hmm. have a brand that's like 80% done that you really just tweak when someone buys it. And then you have your launch kit. Is there anything else that you're selling as a semi-passive product? Um, yeah, I have like planners, digital planners. Digital planners. Yep, organizers. And then I have procreate brushes, calligraphy guides. Um, so those are like the little calligraphy things that I like I like to yeah. do is I've created these, you know, procreate brushes and they still sell, you know, here and there. And I think it's yeah. a fun little, obviously it's a fun passive. So anytime I play at night on my iPad and I do calligraphy. That's usually my brushes. So it's always kind of fun. Mm -hmm. I love that. So let's say someone's listening right now and they offer a service. How would, what would be your advice that you would give them if you were sitting them down at a coffee shop and they said, how do I know what my semi-passive income product should be? Well, that's a good question. Um, (laughs) Honestly, I think You might not figure it out right away, but I do think it's trying to figure out that one thing that when you wake up in the morning, you're really excited about. So Mm -hmm. I guess almost like if you're a photographer and you really love packaging and Mm -hmm. like branding and stuff like that, but you're a photographer, like maybe that is something you do is you just do, not that it's super passive per se, but like some sort of brand photography or things like that, or creating mock-ups with brand photography something like that, like just taking a small portion of what you find that you love. So even if you're a interior designer and you love the sketching aspect of it, Mm -hmm. so maybe somehow you sell just a portion of that. If it's a pre-done room, I don't know what it would be, but just taking a little tiny piece of that one thing you love and making a small product and starting with one. That's like my biggest piece of advice. Don't get crazy right away. But I think people make that mistake a lot is that they put on too much too soon. And it's, that's oh a lot as a new business. Yeah. Cause if you're wanting to make money from it and you start building all these products, but you don't know how to sell or market just one of them, that's the problem. And then you don't make any money of it. You've wasted, yeah. not wasted your time, but a lot of time yes. down the drain with no money, all the bills coming in. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's a lot. I mean, that's the whole marketing aspect, which you know, is a lot of work. So even <laughs> trust me, like I am not a pro at Instagram or anything like that, but it is hard to market everything I do market and I don't like marketing. So it doesn't, that doesn't come natural to me. So Mm -hmm. to sell Mm -hmm. stuff on Instagram doesn't feel right to me. So it's just me showing my work and hope it, (laughs) hope it attracts people to buy something of mine, which is not a great marketing plan, but it's a lot of work when you have a lot of product or a lot of different, you know, passive products. Yeah. 
I love that. And I know we have a listener of this podcast that is an artist who actually gets paint and like paints walls and all around towns, local towns. It's really cool. And so what he started to do was created sketches of his art that he's done where other people that paint on, um, what do you call it? Not mirrors, but windows. (laughs) windows and like Mm -hmm. local businesses anyways he he sketches it out so now all other artists have to do is like fill it in and they pay him two hundred dollars for a sketch yeah see that's awesome that's amazing Mm -hmm. yeah so I love that advice is figure out what you are really really good at and what people are asking Mm -hmm. you for and then create it out of that awesome so yes going to the marketing I'm curious why do you feel like it's hard for you to sell on Instagram um the the voice to it just doesn't sound natural to me, if that makes like sense. Transitioning so for, to sales. Well, yeah, it just kind of um, for me, it, in my opinion, like even with my launch kit, like you know, the whole launching process of like getting excited was mm-hmm, easy mm-hmm. to talk about because it's my process. Right. But the minute it came out for me, then I'm like, all right. So now I just have to talk about it, and that makes me uncomfortable. So like, I don't often like talk about myself or like products. I just kind of wanted mm. to do it, which let me tell you, it's not a smart marketing plan. Right. <laughs> <Nor no. laughs> right. You should be talking and you should be excited. But for me, it's never felt natural to try to always talk about my own products or all mm. my own designs. Like I can show it here and there. And that's why I like Pinterest because I just have to show what I do and what I create yep. and people are drawn to it. And I don't have to try to sell them through my voice, um, which is terrible with grammar and all that stuff. So <laughs> that's kind of, where I came from with it. I don't know. Yeah, that so makes I'm not sense. a marketing guru by any means. So what is your favorite way of getting customers and leads in the door if you don't like selling on Instagram? Um, just Pinterest and word of mouth. That's my favorite. Pinterest is my favorite, of course. But like- I love that. Because uh, my audience can relate so much to it. Now me, I have no problem with it because mm-hmm. I have no problem. But There are so many people that are listening right now that are saying, oh my gosh, Angela, I want to be your best friend because I feel the exact same way when it comes to me on Instagram. I have so many people in my audience that say I hate getting on video and selling. And so I tell them, well, then don't. Like you can have a successful business without having to do that. And I love that you found a way that works for you with Pinterest. People come to you. You don't have to go pitch them. They come to you and they decide on your shop whether or not to buy without even having to talk to you or like word of mouth. You don't really have to pitch them. Other people are pitching you and that's where mm-hmm. your strengths are. So I love that you've built a business around your strengths instead of saying, Oh, well, these marketing gurus online say that you have to go on Instagram live video and sell. And that's the way to do it. But if that's not what you want to do, that's just like building a miserable, miserable business for yourself. So mm-hmm. great example. I'm so glad you said that. I do think though, with that being said, like, I'm sure my business would be like 10 times more successful if I did that more, if I did hop on lives, if I did talk about the product more, maybe, I don't know. Cause to me, it doesn't, it won't sound natural. So it won't sound like me, but I'm sure there's so much power in doing more of the live video. So yeah, there's a good thing and a bad thing. I think with it that I'm staying true to myself and what I'm comfortable totally. with, but I also think it's worth trying. Of course, worth trying to see mm-hmm. if it makes sense for your business and stuff like that. But for right. me, yeah, it is a lot more. I'm such a visual person, and in my opinion, I'm like, if you don't like it visually, you probably won't like me. <laughs> so, yeah, or probably, you know what I mean. Like, and that's I just try to share more of like the heart and the detail behind what everything I create instead of just trying to pump out like the sales benefits and everything like that. Yeah. 
Yeah, because instead you could just leverage Pinterest ads, for instance, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. that could easily scale your business a lot quicker and hit your revenue goals instead mm -hmm. of going on live. There, there's just so many different avenues of marketing, which is so great that it fits whoever yes. you are. So tell me, how have you specifically used Pinterest? I want to go through word of mouth and Pinterest, but how have you mm -hmm. specifically used Pinterest to scale this side of your business? Um, to be honest, I think part of it, well, is my obsession with it, but I literally would just be on Pinterest all the time for the past how many years. But I think a lot of it, I was very lucky <laughs> in terms of when Pinterest got popular and when I was pinning. So in 2011 is when I had my first blog and that's when I already was creating like inspiration boards and fun stuff. And then my sister sent me an invite, which I'm sure people remember this. You had to be invited to Pinterest. You had to get like an invite. You couldn't just like log in and join. So I got the invite and I was like, this is cool. Not that there's that much added, but I was like, this could be really fun. Like I'm just going to pin all my past blog posts. And this is now in 2012 or 20, it was probably still 2011 and it started picking up and that's some, like my stuff started going more viral and then I just kept pinning and I just kept creating blog posts, which is why I love blogs because they think that's, I mean, 70% of my visitors, actually 80%, I think my visitors come from Pinterest right now. So I just feel like I put my heart in it from the beginning and I trusted that process and I think I got really lucky because I've had pins that went viral in the beginning, which just picked up my pace and I've just maintained it ever since. So yeah. So that That's incredible. So yeah, you're lucky. basically, how, so you're creating content and your pins are leading to your content. And then from that content, what have you done to your site that makes that con person convert into a cell? Yeah. So I actually talked to this on one of the lives I've actually done Cool. Uh, with my sister because my sister actually is a Pinterest strategist and she's grown okay. mine by millions so far, which is Amazing. awesome too. So this is one thing like why I believe blogs and websites are so important. And I know people are saying the blogs are dying. I don't believe that because I believe you own, that's the one thing you own is your, your domain and your hosting, like you're paying for that. That's probably can't be ripped apart, ripped away. Like Pinterest can be, you know, Instagram, everything like that. So for me in being a visual business, a creative business for me, when someone sees a pin on Inst or on Pinterest that has like a logo and a brand board, typically they're like visually attracted to it. So like, Oh, I want to see more. And they click in and they see a whole blog post or my, my portfolio and they get to just like see a whole story. So it's not just one pin. They now get to see the whole process. So they get to see the beginning, the middle, the end. So you're telling a story that you can't necessarily do every time on, on Instagram. So normally on Instagram, it's just one photo and you're not be able to capture. So for me, it just made so much sense. that like, I, I'm able to not only track them through a pin, but then I can kind of lead them through a story on my website. Um, if that's going through the actual portfolio piece, if it's going through the blog, and then of course at the end of the blog, they might find related posts and they just start digging through my site and finding resources, then they found the shop. So well, it's a, this whole process for me. And I feel like those who don't have a blog, they might be missing out on that one piece of connection with potential clients. And just to say, almost all of the clients that I get, the really good ones typically come from Pinterest because they've done their research and they've gone through my mm. whole site and they don't just base it off one Instagram post that they see and they want it immediately. Yep. Pinterest, they're, 
on Pinterest, they're there searching for something typically. And they're in like already invested in looking. So mm. that's, I, that was, that's been my experience. That's why I love Pinterest so much. I feel like those clients there are just really invested in the process and the creative part of it. The mindset around it is so different of the, per- yeah. that's so interesting. And I know like on your blog post here, um, like for instance, one of her blog posts is a stylish and strategic launch kit for creative entrepreneurs. And like the entire post, it has an amazing video. It has a buttons. It has images that explain the product and you can do so much research on this one post that before you buy, you feel so confident in buying this product. And because they're already in that search mindset, they're Mm -hmm. ready. But that's so interesting because if someone came, like you said, from Instagram, so there's a difference between push marketing and pool marketing. And with push marketing, you know, you Facebook and Instagram are good examples. You're pushing a message out in front of them. But pool marketing is they're asking for it. They're actually searching for Angela and they see her design on Pinterest. So they're actually like pulling the door open and wanting to step in instead of you pushing a door in their face. Not that either of them are like good or bad, but Mm -hmm. it's really interesting to hear your perspective on this. So love it. Okay. So you did this creating blog post. How many pin images do you create per piece of content you put out? Uh, I want to say usually around five. Like my sister is doing this for me now, which is amazing. Um, It saves so much of my time. But I want to say we do around four to five different ones, like with different visuals, um, Mm because we usually test Mm -hmm. them to see which ones perform better. Um, And this launch one actually has been performing really well. And Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's just because it's still a slightly newer concept of like having a whole launch plan for yeah. a website or a product or a service or whatever. Um, so that might be the reason too, but I recommend always doing at least a couple different ones with different titles because you're attracting. I mean, it has, if anyone's read, is it great leads, the book, great leads. I always get the title wrong, but it's a great book and it's all uh-huh. about, you know, capturing people with that, that title, basically that, mm-hmm. that, what that phrase that you're saying. Yeah. And I think that's the best opportunity and is to take your different ways to attract different people um, and changing up the title in those ways. So, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, not scaring them. There's like five different ways, whatever it is in the book. Um, So you can just change up the title and it'll attract different people based on what they're looking for. That's so interesting. And you do that and that's the title of the pin in the little rich pin description thing. Yeah. So like it'll change from like the only launch kit you'll ever need versus how to create a stylish strategic launch. Like they're different and one's a little more aggressive slightly and one's and then I have one that might just say like a creative and unique launch kit for your next website launch or something like that. You know what I mean? Just change it up. And with Pinterest, you can do that. You don't just have one. <laughs> you can do as many as you want. It's amazing. So with Pinterest, is this the same design but different titles or different designs with the different titles? Different, different designs, different titles. Okay, interesting. Okay, cool. It's kind of up to you though. So you can, I mean, it's, you can do whatever. And I also have to say too, I, like I said, my sister does a lot of this through the Pinterest Tailwind Tribes. Tailwind, the app and everything like that, the website is amazing and the tribes of people have been significant with the growth as well for my business. Awesome. That's a whole nother story though. Hold on the topic. 
Yeah, I love that. Okay, so then tell me about word of mouth. How does that work in your business? Do you reward people when they send people your way? Like, how does your referral system work? Um, I usually don't push it necessarily. You know what I mean? Like, which I probably should, but I never usually tell my current or like ending clients, like, hey, tell other people about me. Um, I think if it, I always recommend, like encourage, like if it feels natural, I always want them to think of me. And I think that's what happens is anyone who went through the process with me and I'm talking about like actual clients and stuff like that, doing their own custom brands and websites. I've been very fortunate where I've had plenty of them just recommend it to other businesses that they know if they're looking for the same thing. So I just luckily have had, I feel like I've just been very lucky in my business. I have no idea but they've just kind of shared it with the people and sometimes it works out. Sometimes it doesn't because it all just depends on their budget and timeline and everything like that. Yeah. That makes total sense. Do you reward people for sharing you or no? Not usually. Oh, wow. Okay. That's impressive. Right, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I have sent like gifts before to some of my past clients. Like, thank you. Or like a Starbucks gift card, but yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't know because I don't want. I want it to like again. I just don't want it to seem forced. Like I okay. want them to naturally okay. be like, I have someone in mind. She might be a good fit, and I hopefully think of me. Yeah, yeah. I like that. Well, I mean, you have amazing work, so it doesn't surprise me at all that word of mouth is great. And I love that you've taken Pinterest so seriously. And goodness, that's a, such a great time to get on Pinterest too. Mm-hmm. Like, what fantastic timing! So yeah. This was amazing. Is there any other thing that you want to make sure to mention before we head out about creating the semi-passive product? I think just like reiterating again, like (laughs) don't go too big too soon. I think that's like my one thing. I would have to say that like just really don't go too big too soon. Um, Really hone in and make whatever you're creating like the best thing ever. It, I mean, trust me, I put way too much time. I assume I, I just assume I put way too much time in everything I do. But like, I think that just makes a better product. It's something you're more proud of. And another tip, which I think you probably talked about too, is before you put it out there, get some beta testers, send it to people, get some feedback. Like that will not only better your product, but it also give you more confidence when you're ready to launch. Yes. <laughs> Getting that, like, the, to sample people, if it's a product or a service, like, just testing it a little bit with some people for feedback. And you can, like, give them gift cards or something like that um, or give it to them for free, of course, and stuff like that. So that's a good recommendation, I think. Yeah. I love that idea, Angela. That's so great. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on. If someone is thinking right now, I really want to connect with Angela. I want to learn more about her. I want to see her beautiful designs. Where do you want them to go? Saffron Avenue. That's it. Saffron Avenue. All over the place. (laughs) Yes. It's the same for everything. It is. Saffron Avenue. That's all. Saffronavenue.com. And her Instagram is amazing. Make sure to go check it out. Oh my gosh, her feed is beautiful. And of course, we'll leave all of her links in the show notes at profitplanner.co slash podcast. So if you're driving or you're working out or you're cooking right now and you can't go stalk her at this very moment, it's okay. We're making it super easy for you. Just go to the show notes page and we'll have all of her links. Thank you so much for coming on. It was so much fun talking to you. Thank you for choosing to spend time with me today. You are incredible for raising your hand to being a CEO and not settling for the hustle-heavy lifestyle of the modern-day entrepreneur. 
Now, every single month, we have an Amazon gift card drawing for the amazing entrepreneurs that leave us a review on iTunes. Leaving a review helps us get in front of more people, which allows this movement to spread wider and grow faster. So leave a review right now. Drop what you're doing. Leave that amazing review so that you can win the chance to have an Amazon gift card. And also just thanks for sharing this show or this specific episode with a friend or just sharing on Instagram stories. You are helping us accomplish this mission of giving more entrepreneurs control of their time and control of their money. You play such a massive role and I appreciate everything you do. I will talk to you very soon on the next episode and until then, keep killing it.